Good day, listeners. In an attempt to improve my diction, I have found that the most effective way of not mumbling so that you, the listeners, can hear me is to speak in a thick Welsh accent. It takes ages, so I'm not going to bother. I do sound good. So what is, is interesting is when you see two words written down on a piece of paper or online or you think of them in your head and you say them in a certain way, that is not the way you would say them in the Queen's English, so to speak, because you've heard them in other ways for years and years and years in Hollywood. An example being Green Beret. Green Beret! You see the two words green and beret together and we say beret in the UK. But together you say Green Beret. And the reason I say so is because one of our sponsors today is Green Beret Coffee Company. And I keep saying in my head, Green Beret Coffee Company. It's not. It's Green Beret Coffee Company. Because it's owned and operated by a veteran who was a Royal Marines commando. And they have Green Berets. And I guarantee as I go on and talk about these guys, I've been drinking their coffee for the last few days. I'll say Green Beret. They're not Green Berets. They're Green Berets. So, yeah, Green Beret Coffee Company, they're, they're veteran-owned, as I said, um, and operated, veteran-owned, and operated. And they were founded by a royal, former Royal Marine commando and a close protection operator, a guy called Russ McDonough. Um, he founded them last year, and they, they're going from strength to strength. They're not the same as other coffee companies. They're, they're predominantly online, and most uh, coffee bean companies are online at the moment but what separates them from other coffee companies is that they're what's known as a small batch roast to order coffee company so when you place your order with green beret coffee they are not pulling that bag of coffee off the shelf you'd have and it's been sat there for two months they actually roast your coffee to order they receive your order they go right let's get this in they get off and they flip and roast it so they deliver it to you it's literally been off the roast for hours. It's about as fresh as you can get it off online copy. coffee. It's, it's immense. Obviously, it increases their workload. They're pedal to the metal, but they fire it on time. They are superb. The coffee brands, um, the names are based around various military-themed things. I mean, they were kind enough to send, send Jared and I a bag of it. They sent, me a, sent us a bag of Sniper O2. And I think the tagline on that was, uh, sharp, subtle, and straight at a point, which isn't like the podcast, as you're probably aware by now if you're an avid listener. But, um, the coffee itself is awesome. I've been, I'm drinking it nonstop at the moment. It's fantastic. Really enjoy it. Jar is having a cup downstairs as we speak. Um, like I said, the coffee's not stored on shelves. It's made to your order. For certain, uh, for certain, some certain coffees that they do, you can even order if you want it light, medium, or dark. You can order if you want the coffee in whole bean, if you want it coarse, or even if you want it fine. They've got a historical heroes range with things like Vikings and they're all different blends. They even use in some of their roasts, um, Arabica beans, which are just super, super, super tasty. As I said, when placing your order, you decide if you want the coffee in whole bean coarse or fine. Um, you decide what roast you want, light, medium, or dark. The coffee bags they do, they range it from smaller bags, which is 250 grams, right up to a kilo. So it can keep even the most hardcore coffee drinker supplied for as long as you want. It's super good value for money. Um, 
but in addition to it being good value for money anyway, they have a, like a loyalty program going on. So when you hit your loyalty target, which you get to by making different purchases, you get basically closer to earning a, a bag of coffee. Or you might earn some merchandise. They do T-shirts, they do mugs, they even do dice. It's a really cool company, Green Beret Coffee Company, veteran-owned. Look them up online, uh, greenberetcoffee.co.uk, and uh, get yourself a bag of Beautiful, 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 good quality coffee with Ali bags, Ali logos. I'm going to get myself a T-shirt. I'm going to buy a T-shirt, I've decided. Probably a mug as well, because I'm using some flipping crazy old Spanish mug I got given as a gift from ages ago. Definitely getting a Green Beret coffee mug. I, did, I said it again, Green Beret. Green Beret Coffee Company. Look them up. Fantastic people. Lastly, next sponsor today, lastly, next, lastly, a sponsor, another sponsor today is 429 Group. 429 Group, again, veteran-owned by myself and my business partner, Luke. Uh, health and safety services, security services, medical services, first day training, health and safety supplies, fire extinguishers, earplugs, consultancy services, you name it. If it's health and safety, security, or medical, basically, if it impacts saving lives or can enhance saving lives or protecting you or your workforce, we can sort it out for you. Or, obviously, with the security side, protecting your interests and your infrastructure. We can help out. 429 Group can help out with it. Look them up, 429.group. Give them a shout. On to the show. Our guest today is Chris Ashford. Chris is a former British Army and before that, he's actually, uh, it turned out he's an aircraft engineer servicing, uh, Chinooks and Apaches and Lynxes that were coming back from the operational theatres. He was tied up, sending them back out there for the boys to jump back on and continue the good work they were doing. Absolutely fantastic chat today. Chris is going to do some hardcore physical exertion later in December. Jared and I really enjoyed the show. And as always, we hope you do too. Enjoy. We're already recording, man. We're on. We're live. Chris Ashford. Pleasure. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, Chris. How you doing? You alright? Uh, Good to be here today. I am going to forget, right? I'm going to forget this. So normally I go, yeah, tell me about yourself. I'm not. I'm going to forget this otherwise. So I'm going to do it now. We've got... We've developed a bit of a groupy following so far. I did not expect it this soon. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not me and Jared. It is it's for yourself. So I've got questions for you. It's quite. I like the question. I'm going to do it now. I forget. Otherwise, okay. I like it because it's a good lead-in to uh, Chris. Let's have a look what the question is. These are simple ones. There were some ones of maybe not fit for air, which <laughs> had sexual connotations. And then the conversation took a bit more of a normal turn. The questions we've got is... Now, she obviously has looked you up. <laughs> Hi. I put that bit on. It wasn't, it wasn't that nice, right? It was more aggressive, sexually aggressive. Please ask Chris what he would recommend as a first ultra marathon. Also ask him what his Ironman and marathon PBs are. Now, I know you're gearing up to do 3,000 mile rowing race yeah. around the Atlantic, which yeah. we come on to. What, what does she know that I don't? Ultra marathon? Have you done ultramarathons yet? I've done a couple, yeah. Um, this is good. Someone's researched it. I'm impressed. I'd be worried, mate. Really impressed. Yeah, yeah. she went after James Bro, which was the last show. Yeah. 
No, I won before. Yeah, I won Jim Broadway. And I think he is still getting phone calls. Really? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so no numbers. And I believe I let this. the bomb at one point. <laughs> <laughs> ultramarathon. Oh, well, ultramarathon. What, what would I suggest for my uh, well, what have you done? first what have you done? one? What, oh, um, I've done a couple, yeah. So um, there's a um, Jurassic Coast Challenge down in the southwest you heard of Jurassic Coast yeah Jurassic Coast, Coast. Yep. and um, the only the only ultramarathon type thing I know of yeah uh, is the Moab 240 okay have you heard of that I've not personally it's recent so it's 237 mile race done in oh, America jeez in a one you just keep going you get rid of you can the last person to win it yeah. was I think the first person no the first person to win it was a woman can't remember her name, and she finished eight hours ahead of second place. 20, 26 miles ahead of second place over two hundred thirty-seven. It took us something wow. like fifty-two hours. Uh, nice. That's the only one I know of. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want giving this a shot. It's, it's different though. It's not like a. Yeah, I mean, so they'll try to do fifty, aren't they? And, well, I think ultramarathons class anything over the distance of a marathon. Is that, what's that oh, one at the uh, Isle of Wight? Isn't that an ultramarathon? One all the way around the around Isle of Wight. The circuit. Do, do you know Stu Peachy? Like, he's X three. You're X two power, aren't you? X2 yeah, power. yeah, it's two power. Yeah. An XRF. Who? Uh, XRF as well. Me? Yeah. Definitely not. Who's, who's that? Don't know. Is that, a, anyway, is that the other one? Is that the North Marathon, is it? Not, yeah, I think there is one down there. I've not done it myself. Yeah, the one I've, the couple I've done is, yeah, along that Jurassic Coast. That was three in three days. Um, and three then, ultramarathons in three days. Well, they're nothing like these 200 miles. No, that's but a different kind of thing. Yeah, anything, any, I'm, I'm sure, anything over. I've just made everything you sound Say now, it sounds like rubbish. I'm like, like yeah, like it's not 237 yeah. miles. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just three of them in three days, back to back along the um, along the Jurassic Coast, and um, the Brea Fund, which is uh, a uh, fund that two power raising money for Ollie, Ward, Ollie yeah, Ward's daughter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. raised some money for that along the way. So when did you do that? Good. That was last March. That fared up pretty well. So so how many how, how far is it each day you're going? Um, between the marathon distance and 30 miles, so nothing, you know. No, but still, like, over three days. Still, like, yeah. The thing is, when you hit that, I don't know, there's a certain point you hit like 10, 12, 14, 15 miles. Like, different, different for different people. Yeah. Your feet start swelling up. If you ain't done too much training, your flipping blisters start going on, your heels start going back as well. So. Do you still, obviously, you smash the training for these ultramarathons, right? Do you still experience at some point that those sort of changes in your, in your body, really, where your feet swell up, your, and you, I can ima- I imagine that that's not the case. The more you train, just you get hardened up, you get calluses, and you, and you just, you, you, especially, um, especially your feet, obviously, and your joints, well, not your joints, but your feet get used to it. Yeah. Is that the case, or is it not? Do you still deal with those issues, but uh, sort of later milestones in the race? To be honest with you, I think uh, the background of the Paris has really helped with it because of you know the training and then just you, t- time after time being on exercise, whatever it is, your feet just man up to it, don't they? So, um, yeah, now, to be honest, touch wood, the, um, the feet don't really get an, get an issue. When did you get out? Which is good. Uh, two, two and a half months ago. Oh, did you? Two and a half months ago? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm fresh. I'm fresh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fresh. Yeah. I'm fresh. I was wondering why you stood at attention outside when I walked in. Two and a half months. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, mate, yeah, so your body is still like, I'm rocking still and good rolling. To go, yeah. I got out in 2011 and then uh, I did I did a 
I did for a couple of years. I did some stuff with Bergen stuff. You know, wait. Yeah. Yeah, we're Bergen on and two or three milers. No, I just keep the fitness up. Yeah. Really, it? Losing it. And then when when I went out this, on the circuit, well, I didn't do I didn't do it out there. I was doing the back of home. Went out on the circuit. Um, that sort of tapered off. I, I did more running and then more sort of functional fitness. But then last September, last September, yeah, I did a forty mile. I did like a couple of fifty. No, I did fifty miles in as well. Not a drama. Like nice. got a couple of hot spots. Not a drama. Smashed it. I'm really surprised actually how well my feet held up on that because before that the furthest I'd done was like twenty four or twenty two, and then so September just gone, which was six no five years after I left. I did a forty mile. It was a walk, right? It was a walk, forty mile walk for um, to raise money for a local girls football team, which my daughters are playing for. Yeah, and um. I didn't know, like, no walking. I didn't know training for it. I had a pair of AKUs that were broken. Bro- bro- I thought, ah, be all. It's gonna, I thought my feet were going to get sore. I remember the 50 miler, like, yeah. six, seven years ago. I thought, my feet are going to get sore. I'll be fine. The thing was, at, at every 10 mile point, the first two miles of each 10, so if you imagine you split the four section of 10 miles, because the girls wanted to take part as well. And yeah. They were like 13, 14 years old, 12, 13 years old at the time. And, and, and they were like part of the raising money and some of the mums wanted to take part. The first couple of miles of each 10 mile segment, we slowed down slightly with like with the with the kids on. Yeah. So the longer the what I found with the fifty mile and I thought the longer they take in terms of time, the harder it gets. The distance is the same, but if you walk forty miles and it takes you twenty hours, oh my god, it's double as hard as ten miles because you're taking basically double the amount of steps. Yeah, yeah. That forty miler was oh, it was horrendous. It was horrendous. <laughs> Both my whole heels, mate, came off. The bl- bl- not, it wasn't blisters. The heels just came, where I did a build up of skin where it just not gone away for doing nothing. All came off. Lost the cut the toenails about two months later. My left, this is last September. My left ankle, when I got, my left foot when I got out of bed. And I was still in pain. For, for the first couple of minutes, my, my left foot's in pain. 40 miles with no kit. No, I mean, kept walking. Hideous, mate. Hideous. So anyway, go back. Like the, the question days, is, <laughs> the question, the question is, does that, what was the question? What is the best ultramarathon stuff? beginner oh that, that question I know is that yeah go on we can answer that one well, yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> just don't yeah, no, go on get her out of the way get her out of the way so, what, out the so way. training for her is that yeah. right yeah so I guess just um, get out there get yourself uh, if you haven't done a few like uh, half marathons or anything before sign up to something and that will motivate you to get out running. But you have to be yeah. at a basic level before that. Yeah, you know? so I don't know what level this this lady's at, you know. But um, if she's not done much running, I say she's asking about the ultra marathon. She must be doing marathon. Yeah, she must be doing something, won't she? So um, I guess just sign up to something six months or something away, and then just build the mile mileage up. Um, and don't forget to do a bit of cross training as well, really. So there's not an easy one you've heard of, like for beginners. What's like, that ultra marathon? No, I guess definitely they're all not. Pretty much so pretty cheeky, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, I guess it, it depends what the route's going to be like. Because I tend to look quite like a hilly route, and then you uh, like a hilly route. Yeah, because it mixes it up. I, different pressure points on your feet as well. That's isn't it. it. Yeah. If if you're yeah. running flat the whole time. It just for me that yeah. that just you know really kills me. But you know if it's quite hilly, so I prefer that. So I go and train on the hills as well. So she's got to just think about, I guess, um, what type of route she's doing, yeah. what distance it is, because obviously an ultramarathon's anything from, what, 27 miles upwards. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just start building that mileage up um, o- over the time, really. So in between, when was the, when was the last ultramarathon you did? Um, 
How many have you done? I think. Not loads, uh, maybe a handful, five or something. That's quite a few. Did, yeah. you, did you do many like competitions whilst you were serving, did you? Yeah, I was quite lucky actually. I was one of the, I guess, the lucky ones. I was uh, given about 12 months off. Um, oh, you rang a lot. Yeah, I know. Some um, people, some people bluff it big time, don't they? <laughs> it's like the boxing team. The bluffer episode. Always <laughs> in the tracksuits and that. <laughs> the bluffer with Chris Ashford. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah, no, I was quite lucky when um, I was in. So um, I did a bit of triathlon before I joined up. Oh, okay. After getting injured playing rugby. Old yeah. And when I joined. Old enough. Uh, Twenty-eight. Okay. Yeah, so um, before I joined us, yeah, played a bit of rugby, got injured, and um, basically decided, right, I want to do this triathlon and, um, you know, to get myself fit for the next season because I, mm. uh, I, I won't be ready for the remainder of that season. Second round, This rugby. was about, yeah, this was about October time. And uh, anyway, I figured I'd just go for an Ironman, you know. Go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I signed up to Ironman Bolton, which was the following July. Yeah. So, you know, by the time my, my injury was my knee, by the time that was healed, I had from about January to July to train, you know, just went for it. And um, didn't do too badly, so thought, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give this a shot. So did a few more. And anyway, then ended up joining the Paris. And um, I remember, like, the induction card, you know, as soon as you get to Battalion. PTR goes to me, he goes... Um, who, was, who was the PTI? Andre Ferreira. I know the name. Yeah. I remember the name. Go on, go on. Yeah, he goes, is anybody into any sport? And um, so I said, yeah, you know, I, I don't mind triathlon type of thing. And, um, so That's get, one of those. You get When you just got to the Italian, he goes, anyone into any sport? And you put your hand up and they yeah. give you some shitty well, job. Yeah, Do you exactly. want a motorbike licence? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on, so you had a good answer. Yeah, yeah so... Um, he was, he was like, oh, well, funny enough, there's this two-power team setting up, so put me Good in contact. Track. Yeah, yep. put me in contact with this um, uh, with this uh, officer and um, who was heading it up type thing. And um, he said he'd give me a shot. So anyway, fortunately, um, went and done this, this triathlon. Uh, the officer is Marie McMahon. If you, I know him very, very, yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah very well. Yeah, Tom, yeah good like, lad, good lad. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, and yeah. anyway, it kind of just... I think so. No. He, he, he went, he went from three part to two part a year before you could find us. Yeah. Three part yeah. Tom, yeah, and then went yeah. and commissioned. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, anyway, so he gave me a shot and it just kind of rolled on from that and, um, just you know, done a bit more racing and uh, got into the army team, and then from the army team um, again. How does, how does that work then? So you, you were doing the triathlons for a two-pair team, yeah, right, and then you so you competed against other units in the in the forces. That's right. Also, civvy teams. Uh, so no, so all, all the races uh, it was just you know army units against army units, mm-hmm. and then there'd be like inter-services races. But that was, was Zip Lane on that team. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember the first time I met him actually. Here's <laughs> my screw. Was when I got to Tasmania. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like a Tasmanian devil. Who is the world of Jewish? So the first time I met Zip, <laughs> I got to tell you this story. Um, so it was a, after doing a couple of races for um, for two para. Yeah. And anyway, I then get this message from my boss saying, "Oh." Um, Warrant Officer Lane wants to see you. 
And I was like, all right, um, where do I find him? He's like, three power. God knows what he wants, obviously being two power. And I was like, okay. And uh, so it goes over there. And um, anyway, guy that I passed out of training with mm. was outside his office. And he goes, I was like, do you know where uh, one of the lanes like, office is? And he goes, yeah, in there. He goes, uh, what, what are you going in there for? I was like, don't know, to be honest. He goes, you must be in the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right. He goes, you don't want to be going in there. Yeah. I was like, all right, shit, you know, type thing. What have I done? Anyway, he knocks on the door, Samma tabs in. He goes, what do you want? I was like, <laughs> uh, Private Ashford uh, comes to, I was told to come over and see you. He goes, ah, Private Ashford. Come in, shut the door, take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right, okay. Anyway, then, because obviously he was uh, the um, captain of the Army Triathlon team. I got chatting to him, and uh, anyway, it was, it was really fortunate, actually, that Zip was in the position he was, obviously, with the triathlon team, because mm. yeah. being Power Edge as well. Um, like, oh, he was yeah. captain of the British Army That's right. Team. Ah, right. Army I didn't team. know he was doing it that level. Yeah. I knew he was doing it, but I didn't know That's it. That. And then there was a guy called um, Ed Charlton Weedy who was over at PF, and um, obviously um, Ed and Zip got on like really well. And obviously me being two power, it was just that's good. Really helped, you know. It was mm. good to have three guys like that on the team, and just <laughs> a good fun, if you know what I mean. Mm. And um, no, it was a really good period. And then I, I just started doing some, you know, like civvy racing as well. And mm. um, off the back of that, qualified for a couple of big races um, and managed to qualify for GB which was pretty cool the which British triathlon team that's right yeah and um, racing for my age group so at the time was 12. 25 to 29 yeah I think hmm. so um, and so I managed to qualify I was just explaining how so they have trials for this. Well, or do they do it based the, on your race results? That's right, yeah. For the long course, they do it all based on your position from the uh, the race winner. Yeah. And um, the race I qualified in was um, one up in Edinburgh. It was, uh, <clears throat> you swam in the sea in Edinburgh, cycled up to Glencoe, and then you did a run from um, a place called Balahulish. How far is that from Edinburgh to Glencoe? That's 112 miles. I was going to say, it's miles. Yeah. yeah. And then the marathon was an off-road marathon with Ben Nevis is the final bit. Oh, my God. And then the finish line was at the car park with Ben Nevis. <laughs> what yeah. month was this? Um, Don't say winter. Nah, no, no, no. <laughs> I think it was April, May time. Yeah, not, not But the funny that. thing about it is I'd done a race with Murray McMahon about, oh, I want to say it was about a month before. Yeah. Anyway... On the at the end of the finish line, obviously we'd race and I'd, it, we'd done all right. And um, there was this guy there from uh, the military police. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I've got I've got this entry for this race," uh, and he was telling me about it. This race in Edinburgh, and I was like, "Yeah, I fancy giving that a shot. That sounds good." You know, and he was like, "Well, why don't you sign up?" Type thing. And obviously Murray was like. Yeah, I reckon uh, the battalion support that. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, I'm racing. The end of, it, the end of it's Ben Nevis. Yeah, um, but it went all right for me because I got this is that's how I qualified. Um, oh, I came, do it through that race. Yeah, because oh. I come third, and because um, of obviously my time from the guy who won it, I then obviously qualified for uh, to race GB the following year. So I mean, if I if Murray hadn't turned around and said, 
yeah, get on sort of thing. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have ended he's up doing it. He's a mega guy. He's a mega Yeah, it really is. Yeah. What? So then Moon Man and, and Zip Lane, the two, t- like, with the triathlon stuff, it was, yeah, it's really supportive. Yeah, don't get on the wrong side of Zip, though. Don't go on the wrong side. He's mega, though. Oh, my God. He always used to call me the arm, my, he, he was my army dad. <laughs> yeah. He's about a third of your yeah, height. Exactly. <laughs> he, he named me Gizzard because I had the head of a goose and the body of a lizard. <laughs> head of a goose, body of a lizard. You should be called Gizzard. Gizzard. <laughs> yeah. So, team, so GB, I was going to say Team GB then, that's Olympics, isn't it? Yeah. Right, was... GB, so when, when you go into that then, that, I, I, I'm, am I, I'm getting words out here. I'm guessing that um, two pies went, look. You're off, off to the races. No pun intended. That was that you then full time. Um, Triathlon. Well, pretty much. It was again. It was all a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. So that I raced that April, May, June time, and then found out I qualified around September, and then we went out to Kenya. Shit, straight after that. This is September twenty. This is going to be fourteen. Twenty fourteen. When was your When was your first Ironman? Um. Bolton, so that was probably 2011, I think. When was your first triathlon? Yeah, that one. 2011 as well? Yeah. Three years. Yeah. GB. It's alright. Pretty good going. Fastest uh, mile and a half time? <laughs> good question. Uh, only about, probably about 750. That's good, that. That's not bad. But I mean, there's whippersnappers about you. Smash that and make that oh, look yeah. like. Yeah. You know, I'd be. I, bet, I think Zip smashes it. Quite, I don't know where he yeah, gets it does. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's quick. No, some guys really get go for it. Like you know, seven minutes. They're changing it. They're changing it now. Go on. They're changing the changing the fitness test. Um, oh God, I'm trying to remember it now. It's not. It's uh, it's two. So where was before? It was a mile and a half, which is what? Two, oh, it's just a two thousand four hundred meters. It's a mile and a half, isn't it? Yeah. Now it's two k. So it's two k in. Ten and a half minutes or eleven Ten. minutes? Yeah, for normal infantry. Right. Yeah, a normal army. Uh, yeah. Courage would be a minute below that, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's, it's a two k race now, not two point four k, which is mine and a half. And um, uh, it's, it's it, it doesn't matter about your gender, whether you're male or female. That's the time you got to hit. Why are you laughing at? Why are you <laughs> laughing? Say that. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Don't know. It's just the way. <laughs> don't know. Go. <laughs> Child, this is what I got to deal with. This is why he, he stays quiet most of the time. It's in the contract, right, Jared? You got you got about ten seconds airtime each show, otherwise you're going to ruin it. Uh, it doesn't take a gender account, so it isn't like a time for male and time for female. Right. Everyone's going to hit that ten and a half minutes, whatever it is. Two heaves. Two heaves. Two heaves. You've got to be able to pick up thirty-eight kilos. It's called a straight lift. Pick mm. up thirty-eight kilos. Is that right? And you got to be able to deadlift, I think. I've made this up. Something else at 70, 78 kilos. So it's like simulating a body, you've got to pick it yeah, up in yeah. shape or form. Um, and that's the main one. The CF, the, so the, the, the CFT yeah. is staying as it is until 2020. We don't know what it is after that. I mean, you know. So many people complain about people coming out of training these days. But, I mean, you got to start as you mean to go on, right? Yeah. And what do you mean coming out of training? Or leaving? Yeah. yeah. You know, straight. straight. I think they're changing it for two... Well, they, like, obviously the, the run's got easier. Yeah. 
the, 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 the two, it's not two miles anymore, uh, not mile and a half anymore, it's 2k, which is what? One and a quarter miles. For, no, it's 1.3 miles, right? So it's slightly less. And then, but then you've got, the other side is that they're picking out that 78 kilos, that's sort of a functional thing, actually relevant to what you do in the battlefield, Very relevant, the back, which yeah. wasn't there before. No. Mm. Um, and getting rid of the easy times for males and, and uh, harder times for males and easy times for females. It's good, good, really, because, you know, everything's about equality these days, isn't it? And pr- promotion of, of that. And So I guess that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. They're good. testing Very everybody good. on a flat, you know, level playing field. Yeah. But like the run, for example... Just a basic level. This is the thing with us. It's a basic level, isn't it? I mean, you uh, how could you if if you're gonna test some, uh, like a a recruit on their basic fitness? I mean, your fitness doesn't get built up properly until a good year and a half, two years in battalion. Yeah, and that's if you end up like in a decent platoon. Well, I don't mean decent platoon, a platoon that has the time in that first couple of years you're in to be able to smash the fitness as well as anything else, and your body gets in the first nine months. You're sort of just hammering through it up. You know, getting injured. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh, can you test someone on like a ten mile? Watch, you know, is it the end of the training? What, like a, a s- oh, a whole the whole the whole bunch of physical requirements that you need for an operation, for example. Yeah, I mean that would be too early, wouldn't it? But I guess <clears throat> it'd be better if it's just benchmarking, isn't it? Mm. Why? What you what are you thinking? Well, I I just think that you got to start the expectations they mean to go on, if you know what I mean. Rather who, who than do the recruits. Yeah. Well, and if they're asking people to, te- to test and pass tests that are lower than they used to be mm. as an initial benchmark, how's training going to bring them up to the level that, for example, when you guys came out of training, I came out of training, it, you know, they're going to have an even bigger gap to fill mm. yeah. in that period. Mm-hmm of 28 weeks for us guys wasn't it I suppose as well it wouldn't get filled like you're saying actually because that's the standard all the way through that's so right you got to do 2k and yeah. so it's not going to get filled and it's down to the unit isn't it it's down to the unit then and you're right they're busy units if they're not in a platoon that one prioritise fizz or two have got the time for it you know the, I mean, even, the standard's just going to even in the on. elite units and like like Power Edge, Royal Marines, for example, where we yeah. got our own selection criteria to go in, and 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 the and the physical standards are generally higher because because they, they can be because yeah. you've got a higher um, standard of soldier. But that's not taking it away from other units. No. We just have the benefit of having that selection process beforehand. We, we were lucky in that regard, very lucky. Um, where the hell was I going with that? What were you saying? So yeah, we were just saying about filling that gap in the fact that. You know that standard at the start was if it's going to be low at the start, oh, it's going to be lower what, when they get. Yeah, to that's planning. what I'm saying. So I can say even even within units, mm. so that the standard of fitness that that you're exposed to peaks and troughs. Like I, from our experience, I remember there was periods of two or three years where all you did was like the ten miler, the two miler, the swimming test, the BFT. Regularly, it's yeah. all you did, and then you had like other periods for a couple of years where you like some. Flipping, you'd have, you'd have like a maniac or mega RSM or CSM or platoon sergeant, and you'd be doing crazy stuff. Like for a couple of years when when I was with A Company, we just we got rid of two milers. No two milers. That was a fluke that was. 
he started that. Now we've just been two milers, not for our own back, we've been three milers. So every Tuesday was three miler club. Every, the whole British Army's been two milers, like every week, three miler, we'll do a three miler. If you can do a three miler, you can do a two miler. <laughs> you know, and, and we had the quad, quadrathon where you do like, um, BFT, swim test, uh, BFT, swim test, assault course, and an eight miler. Or ten miler all on the same day. It was just not. Nice. But then they're going to drop day. off, and so yeah. even within, yeah, I, you're right. It's hard to, even for the units to do a bit more. It's hard to keep it up. And then the thing is as well, if they're not at that level when they go to battalion to be doing crazy events like that, and you, you know the, the battalions do, mm. their fitness level's not ready for it, mm. which is then going to create injuries. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time. You know, they do a lot of research into this, so it must be the right thing. Yeah. Um, it's hard, isn't it? It's, it's one of those. There's obviously a balance in those changes, a balance between getting more people in and making certain things easier, but then bringing the functional tests where people sort of are failing physically on, on operations. But only Afghanistan has been a brilliant, brilliant case study for that, especially where women are, con- are concerned with yeah. the amount of women that have been on the front line out there. It's been a massive case study for like the, the, uh, the military and, 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 I don't know what you call them, you know, People who study so human sciences, but you know body sciences and all that, whatever it's called. I don't know. It's been fantastic. Um, which goes back to that, which which is one of the which is one of the things I think has is, is, is brought about the the putting women into fighting units suggestion yeah. because they've got that physical data there to say, well, look, it can it can work, it can work. And, well, obviously it can in that regard, but that's a whole different. Whole oh, another com- conversation. Oh, yeah. different board. Oh, we've had it. We've had it, mate. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm the right yeah. man. Well, yeah, we no. did, well, we, when we were discussing it, it was with Jim on, um, <coughs> you know, the, what are we on now? Six. Is it number six? Is it five or six? I don't yeah. know. Just, just this is number six. This is number six, yeah. Jim was four. And we, we came sort of to the conclusion between us, it probably could work, would work, but in the short term would not be good at all. In the long term, might be good, might be bad. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, with this row, I mean, I'm a mixed pair, right? So I've got nothing against females, you know, doing physical stuff. Explain the row. We've got, so he's, yeah, so no worries. So I'm doing the Talisker Whiskey Rowing Race. And I read um, this is regarded as the hardest rowing race in the world. Apparently, it's the toughest rowing Have you done a lot of rowing beforehand? Is it something you do as a hobby, or is it all new to you? Well, I've been doing it Two on the oak. <laughs> 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 well, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm an out-and-out rower in the respect that um, I, I mean, I've got a triathlon background, I enjoy the endurance stuff, yeah. I guess the resilience building from the paras. So no, I'm not an out-and-out rower, but I've been on the ergo quite a bit over the last year, and the story of how I'm doing this row is quite, just sums me up really. I was in, I was lucky enough to be in the right place about, you know, a couple of months ago, and now I'm rowing the Atlantic at the end of the year. When did you start rowing? <clears throat> well, <laughs> uh, seriously? Or... <laughs> <laughs> in the gym is a bit of training <laughs> not the same as the Atlantic no. so in the gym is a bit of training you know is a bit of a cross training about a year ago and then you know really ramp, started ramping it up um, but seriously I would have said you know, when did you go in the months. ocean first 
recently. <laughs> When's the race? 12th of December we start. Oh my They'll God. They'll have a safety boat though, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah that's right. It's, right. Like, yeah. it's not as if it's 3,000 miles. How far is it? 3,000 miles. <laughs> 3,000 miles. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm not too sure. It's normally about 30 boats competing in it. And there's, I think, two mixed pairs at the moment on one of them. And um, basically, the lady that I'm doing it with, Lizzie, she, um, her partner she was rowing with, yeah. Um, yeah, it became injured. And a friend of mine uh, works with Lizzie. And I was just happened to be talking to him. You're in the wrong place at the wrong time all the time. <laughs> yeah. All the time. I said to I said to him, yeah, I'm, you know, getting into Rowan type of thing because I've just moved to London. Yeah, I fancy getting into Rowan. He goes, oh, funny enough, I, I know Lady Rowan the Atlantic at the end of the year. I said, man, I'd love to do that one day. He goes, well, <laughs> funny enough, I'll put you in touch with uh, with my friend. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, um, well, her partner's just got injured and... She's looking for a part, you oh, know, another Rome partner. You can't say no, can you? You just got to go for it, haven't you? you? These opportunities yeah, don't come exactly. up, do they? So anyway, um, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> gave her a ring. Next thing, we're meeting up for a Rowan session. Next thing, I'm a, I'm a teammate. Yeah. Where, where are you training them? Uh, so Walton on Thames is the mm. Rowan club. We go out during the week. And then um, the Hambledon River down near um, Southampton. All the way down there? Yeah, that's where weekend, our right? ocean rowing boats uh, yeah. docked. And then we just go out on the Hamble uh, River. Do you, so this 3,000 miles, Yeah. you do that in a one In Do you get one. out ever? Well, I mean... Or do you doss in the boat? Is it one of those massive... Yeah, sleep in the boat. Yeah. What is the big hull? Yeah, I've got a couple of that. pictures. I'll show you at some oh, no. point. Shall I get them out of sure, Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'll, uh, for people listening, because most of them listen to this, I'll stick them on Facebook after. Yeah, awesome. Cheers. I can describe them. Jared can describe them. <laughs> <laughs> describe this first photo. Go on, you can look. I used to live on a boat. Did you, yeah? <laughs> Where was that? Get <laughs> out. <laughs> did I just walk into it? Yeah, no, he didn't. He did live on a boat. <laughs> oh, it's not loading, is it? Here we go. 59, is the record 59 days to cross, to cross it? Uh, currently it's 60 that? days. 60 days. For a mixed pair. Um, so yeah, we're going for hoping to get it. Uh, uh, what, why are you so confident you, I hope you are, mate, by the way, I hope you do get it. Yeah. Why are you so confident you can go through it? I mean, like, first time round for you. Has she done something like this? Has she done something like this before? Yeah, she's a, she's an established rower. Um, that's the boat there. Oh, that's, that's me and it. That boat. Yeah. Mate, mm. with the, Little cabins so, around there. So, yeah, Doss in the uh, cabin, which is Solar in front of me. Yeah, that's to... Um, you, you both go in that end? Yeah, both of us now. But obviously, it's one of us rowing at each time. At a time. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the time we'll both row at the same yeah. time. But sleeping-wise, obviously, there'll only be one of us in that cabin at any one time. Ah, so, so you take it in turns. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. you start drifting, you'd be, end up where you started, wouldn't you, if you both yeah. got your head down? You'd, you'd anchors. be back down. Oh, you wouldn't have an anchor, it'd be too heavy, wouldn't it? Yeah, and obviously too deep out there to drop yeah. an anchor down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you just got to keep... <laughs> I'm no seafarer, mate. <laughs> See, I told you, I don't know what I mean, I don't no, know. Right. So he's been on a canal, he thinks he's flipping Captain Fisheye. Fisheye? Bird's eye. <laughs> Captain Fisheye. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be pretty cool. But, I mean... Who's funding it, bud? Yeah, at the moment, me. Really? Yeah. Well, me and Lizzie is in... Yeah, we're Is in the, the boat donated or anything? No, we've bought it. Jesus. Which is... Expensive. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. And, you know, being ex-pyrage, I'm not exactly the richest Mate, bloke those out Tom's, there. Those Tom's wages are... Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a lot of money. 
Especially if you're like grade grade three or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so I'm just we're really like just pushing to get a sponsor at the moment, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, if there's anyone out there, when did yeah. you um, when did you start when did you, when did you start for that start looking what, for a sponsor? Probably about four or five weeks ago. Oh, not long ago then. So yeah, no, not long. It's all pretty new, but obviously because it seems ages away, twelfth of December to the start of the race, but you know it's just under six months. That's quite a high profile race, isn't it? Hugely high profile. Is it a brand new boat or is it a huge second hand boat? It's got a couple of world It's got records, a couple of holes really. in it. Couple yeah, it's got a couple of holes in it. <laughs> yeah. It looks, looks alright, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, have, you got... be, have you chested on the water yet? Yeah, it's been on the water. Yeah, we've <laughs> Split it floats. It floats, yeah. It's got a couple of world records already, that one. That's the it. boat has. The boat's right, called yeah. Blue Steel. Funny enough, I spoke to a guy who rode it in 2013, coincidentally, the other day on the phone. Really? Um, yeah, a guy I know from the rowing club was like, oh, put me in contact with this, this lad. And um, he's like, yeah, you know, have a word with him. He's rode the, rode the Atlantic. Anyway, chatting to him. He goes, what boat you got? And I explained, because there's two classes of boats. Right. There's a class where the wind massively helps, and then, like, the classic class where... Um, the wind doesn't really aid the boat, mm. so you know. And um, so I told him, obviously, I was, you know, in the the rowers' boat. And then he goes, uh, "What is it? Is it got a name?" And I said, "Blue Steel." And he said, "Bloody hell!" <laughs> <laughs> I rode that in 2013. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was pretty coincidental. But yeah, good to chat to him about that. And you know, he was he loved the boat. Well, listen up. We get this. We we'll get this. Obviously, this show out there. I tell it up, lit up, lit up some of the old ex uh, Ruperts. I know a couple of old Navy officers as well. Awesome. Okay, yeah. well Leveson Wood, you're going to be targeted. Come on, Leveson, Leveson Wood. Leveson Wood. Yeah. You're on yeah? Yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. We'll Watch his programmes yeah. out in the Himalayas, yeah. yeah. I'd threaten him. I've got his personal email and phone number. I'll put it all <laughs> yeah. over Facebook. <laughs> Good. Yeah, he'll know a load of people, so we'll get out of here, mate. And, and so. we'll stick all the links on Facebook and all, on all social media for you. Thanks very yeah, much. Definitely. Appreciate it. If you're only four folks out, mate, you get a sponsor easy. It's a mega. It's awesome. I hope so. Yeah, we've got a clothing one now, um, finally, called Regatta Sport out in Canada they're from. No, are they in relation to Regatta or it's completely separate to Regatta? Because there is a Regatta clothing line, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, there is a Regatta that's clothing it. line. Yeah, Regatta Sport clothing line Must, I mean, out in Canada. That, that's, is that proper Quite Regatta Regatta? Yeah, if they're from Canada, they're the guys. There's only one Regatta, isn't there? I don't know. Yeah, they sponsor everything, mate. They sponsor all the yacht stuff. Oh, it can't be the same one. Can't be the same one. Regatta Sport is. Be cheeky the... stealing the name. Regatta Sport. It might be. I don't know what to look at. That. So that's. Yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll send you. So that's one C plugger now so you they're... don't have any idea about. <laughs> Regatta Sport. They're, they're, uh, they're <laughs> sponsoring the clothing line. Yeah. Um, which they haven't sent yet, but obviously, hopefully, if we can get a main boat, boat sponsor, we can get them, you know, printed on the front. Uh, logos on the boat, etc. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, you get sponsored that, definitely. What, what are you going to live off rations wise? Oh, yeah, dried rations and wet rations. So, wet rations mm. are like the ex military ones. Yeah. Um, hoping. Well, a proper 24 hour ration. Yeah. Like then, British ones. Yeah, yeah. Very good, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, their class is the wet ones, and you've got to carry 20% of your overall rations, got to be wet ones. And the rest to be dry. It's just make, basically the dry ones would be lighter to carry. So, that, so well, in the yeah. race rules, they stipulate what you're going to bring. Carry. Well, you got to carry food. Food wise, yeah, because right. of the. So oh, you'd have loads of super of calories. Yeah, it'd be light, light as hell. Your little boat would go faster than everyone else's. Well, and then use salt water to cook them. 
Well, we've got oh, a. Um, right, is it? Hmm. Right. We got <laughs> cancel that. <laughs> we got like a filter system, hence the solar panels. Yeah. So obviously, um, filter the salt water and um, and there things you go, like then. that. See. Am I right in saying takes? Am I right in saying takes a couple of weeks to filter a liter? I hope not. Uh, Yeah, it's not quick, mate. It's not a quick process. This is the problem. The world. (laughs) No, listen to this one. The world is running out of potable water. Right. What? It's a fact. It's a fact. There are listen. There are nations in Africa, small nations, who are actually at war. Because of water supplies. So nations that are downriver from a place upriver and the country upriver is taking the flipping water supply and downriver they can't get it. Right? Because where else you get potable water from? You go to the sea, you just, you just, you just turn it into drinkable water, yeah? Yeah. Well, it's not as simple. This, so I'll come on to why in a minute. In the States of America, something like 48 out of the 50 odd states, is there 51, 52 states? There's not 50, is there? There's more than 50 states, isn't there? It's a white bluff. Stars the bluff. Anyway, something like 45, 46, 47, 48 states out of all the states, they're involved in lawsuits with each other to do with, yes, you guessed it, potable water. Right. right. So you can convert seawater into drinkable water. Mm. The problem is you can't convert it as fast as what we're drinking the potable water. So it takes two litres of water, potable water, to make a... No, I tell you, it takes one litre of water, right, to make the plastic bottle that holds... Half a litre of water. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so that's a litre and a half of water, right? Yeah. So you drink half a litre, it's taking a litre to make the flipping bottle. Yeah, litre and a half. To turn a litre of seawater into a litre of potable water takes two weeks. It takes you about five minutes to drink a litre and a half worth of water. It takes two weeks to recreate it. So we're drinking potable water faster than what we can convert it. Yeah. It's like a, it's a, it's a genuine, genuine issue. Yeah. It's, it's massive. It's, ma- it's a massive issue, that which is has got under the radar. Issue, yeah. They're trying to they're trying to refine the way they they can turn seawater into um, potable water. It's not just a long process; it's also a hugely energy uh, energy consuming process. It's a yeah. nightmare. Mm. It's a nightmare. That's the issue with obviously the solar panels because for us to filter the water, that's going to be the main per you know purpose of you know the energy that right. we're going to try and store. Yeah. I just had solar panels on my boat as well. Have it? Yeah, I, yeah. He lives in the canal, right? You live in the canal. He's, the canal. Like, no, no, he's just gone for sales, but yeah, I'd fall. Same, four same boat, it's a barge. If you're interested in buying another boat, another boat. that across. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's up for sale at uh, Wigram's Tour. That one's got a motor as well, it's back then, it. Where's it on sale? Are you trying to get Wigram's Tour Marina adapted? Great Hayward boat sales, highly recommend them. Sabotage. Yeah, no, maybe when I get back from this road, my boat could go for sale at the same place. You know. <laughs> how, how much is it? Can I, do you mind saying? Yeah, it? no, not at all. Um, yeah, 35k. That's only cheap then. Well, I mean. Double that, double that and add a bit more for my boat, mate. Really? Yes, mate. There we go. Well, it's I mean, I, I thought it's that big... was a lot of money. Oh, oh, it is a, lot a big vessel. He's a flipping idiot. You live on yours, Jared. He just <laughs> he'll be rose. living on it. He'll be living <laughs> on it. Yeah, <laughs> But how, how light is it? Or how heavy is it? I can't tell you the Don't weight, know. no. Sorry. That. What about the toilet system? Straight off the side. Is it? How do you go, how do you take a number two? In a bucket and then. Straight off. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, you got the sleeping quarters? Sleeping quarters at the front. Is that just like a roll mat? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, just like a foam mattress, not normal mattress, yes. I, I'm gonna have my legs bent up a bit, you know, to get oh, in. Oh, you're six foot three? Six four, yeah. Six four. So I'll be bent up a bit and then, you know, it comes over 
quite tight to the head. Yeah. Um, and then all the electrics panels in there as well. Um, and down the sides outside are all the uh, watertight containers yeah. um, for, for all the storage of, yeah. of food mainly. Um, and then everything else is stored like, you know, spare kit, etc. down the far end, which is the cabin that was behind behind me on, in the picture. Where, where are you setting off from? So uh, we go from Antigua to La Gomera. Uh, so Canary Islands yep. over to um, Lagomera. Where's that? Um, which is <coughs> down the south of America, basically. Um, yeah, if you look on the map, we'll uh, put which the map country up is it? On which Facebook. country is it? Um, Bob Mate, Davis, come on, you see it across the Atlantic. Terrible, Barbados. Is it Barbados? You've got me here. This is the bluff. We need sponsors. We're going to holiday Barbados. Yeah, exactly. Take a scenic route. I'll tell you what. I'd recommend Barbados. Nice place. Yes, nice. Is it Barbados? Antigua. In I hope she's. Barabuda. I hope Lizzie's doing the uh, the map reading. <laughs> Antigua and Barbuda um, is what it says. And, ah, that's his own country, isn't it? Yeah. Antigua's his own country, isn't it? Have we, have we been idiots there? I don't know. I don't know. Let's pretend. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, where you going? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. pretend. Um, you set Canary. off from Canary Islands. Why December? Canary and Canary Islands to Antigua. When, why why December? Uh, apparently because of the prevailing wind. That's the best time of year to do it. It's not choppier now. Well, potentially. Uh, weather conditions, you know, are all, all dependent. Um, as in a few years ago, it was pretty bad. And uh, obviously, to get any world records, it was terrible. Last year, apparently, they had pretty good... Well, I mean, not apparently. They did have pretty good weather conditions, which, mm. you know, helped massively. But for us, um, yeah, it's just going to be wait and see what happens. But you know, apparently because of the the wind, um, it's going to be a good time of year to do it. Do you have when you when you set off? Is it like a you know you set off? It's like a ceremony, like a like a starting ceremony. Is it thirty boats or thirty people? Oh no, boats. Yeah, so boats. some boats would be like a quad. Some boats would be you all individual. Some boats would be pairs. Yeah, everyone off at the same time. Yeah. It's every man for himself. Yeah, and then. I don't know if you may not know this, but last year, have you, have you looked at the results from before? What's the, what's the kind of the split between the first and the last place in terms of distance and time? How, how far behind? So, guy, four guys got the world record last year, and I'm sure it was like 30 days. Four guys? For four guys. Right. So in, there's a world record for each class of boat and each number of people in each boat. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, they were pretty rapid. Um, but how, how quick was it? 60 days, eh? 30, 30, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 30, 30 or 31. Um, so, yeah, there's a huge spread because then there's going to be people out there that are individuals. On their own? Yeah, on their own. People just going across. How do yeah. you do the navigation side of it? Um, <clears throat> so you can either plug it plug it into uh, in the, the rudder, obviously, change. Oh, um, right. So or the Yeah, oh, that's good. That's right. Yeah. Have you got that option? We've got that option. However, the, the lad I spoke to had the boat in 2013 um, it doesn't work well <laughs> there's there's broke a, cu- a couple of days in no so then they were down to you've got a foot plate oh yeah. my steering god foot plate as well so they were down to that for the whole race but on what a compass bearing <clears throat> well <clears throat> you've got yeah bearing on the boat effectively um, so you can get a, a, a weather router you can pay for a weather router um, who 
you basically have comms with once a day yeah. who uh yeah give you you know a bearing to to go on um <clears throat> dependent on the weather system uh. um and you know they can save you days because yeah for example one one boat last year apparently had this weather route tell them to go you know in the wrong direction for like 50 or 60 miles and oh they're like what, what's going on you know you're sending us you're like, look, you're going to pick up this wind that's going to, you know, take you, you know, 200 miles or whatever in the right direction. It's worth it. And they did it and it worked out for them. <coughs> so, a web, you know, these weather routers are, are awesome. Too. Those guys are doing 3,000 miles. Mm. They, were, they did it in 30 days. Yeah. That's, that's 100 miles a day. It's huge figures. Yeah. How are they doing that? Yeah. Are they exactly. ruined? Yeah, ruined, yeah. Well, there's four, there's four of them. Four yeah, guys. Sounds, right? That's some speed. Yeah, yeah. So it was just over four mile an hour, isn't it? Oh, is Average. That? Oh, right. I thought it was um, so more. for us, for 60 days, it's, well, Maybe 59 days, it's just under two mile an hour. Uh, just yeah, over two mile an hour. But the issue is, that sounds like really achievable, doesn't it? But the issue is, is when you got the weather. Yeah. Say, for example, you can't row for a week. And it pushes you back 100 Which miles. Which you can't row for a week. Well, say, for example, because of storms or whatever, and it means bad. you just, it's well, too bad and you can't row. What would you do? Well, you just get in the cabin that, and cut yeah. up. What? Lockdown. Lockdown. <laughs> Lockdown. Lockdown. But if you've got no anchor. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. If it pushes well, you in the wrong no direction. No way. Yeah. That, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That is mental. So that's what I mean about if you get bad weather conditions, you're, oh my uh, God. you're in a place which is going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is hideous. Seasickness too. Seasickness. Well, I'd, yeah. I'd be ill. How wide is it? How wide is it? Like six foot? Yeah, no, no, no. Probably about, yeah, four or five foot wide. <laughs> I'd 20, be 23 foot wide. Well, you like the long. seasickness? We'll find out. Uh, no, I'm not too bad. I'm alright. <laughs> I'm alright. Apparently the first few weeks are obviously the worst, getting your body just used to it. And then apparently when you get onto land, the other side, again, yeah. you get it again, like yeah, land yeah. sickness. I, yeah. You're, you're used to stuff moving. Yeah. You go, to walk the, uh, go to walk through the door. And that's it, yeah, yeah. chip in the side. That's you, it. Your body's pendulum still swaying. I've had it off the boat, man. I've had it off the canal. <laughs> you had it on the canal, mate, don't we? Sounds like a good life to me. That was, mate, that was when you left the hat and arms, minging drunk. <laughs> oh, I bumped into the door, it's the seasickness. Sea you had ten points, Jared. <laughs> um, wait, 60, 60 days on air, just you and Lizzie. That's right. That is some mental, that, like, any time, I mean, you know from the military, yeah. when you go out and like tour, or even like on a long exercise, mm. you, you become like antisocial. That's it. You just, you go into your own zone, you've got your own way of dealing with it. I mean, she, has she, has she done anything like this before? She's done, like, I mean, like I say, she's a established rower, but yeah, this is the first thing of this nature. Over like days. Over like. Oh, Long you're going to be days. some soul searching. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I reckon it's you've got the upper hand on this. Well, I'm mentally. hoping so. Mentally. The, you know, military background. Yeah. 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 Is she, what she like as a character? Strong. She yeah. must be strong. She, she yeah, a ninja. strong, strong, strong. Just to even yeah. say, yeah, let's do it. Exactly. Or and crazy. The thing what it is as well, I mean, she wants this bad. In <laughs> she's She was meta race last year, yeah. but her, part, her, her original partner dropped out. <clears throat> so she, she changed it to this year. Um... And I had this new partner that got injured, so then you know I've arrived. And um, you know she she wants it, and her part her husband uh, not husband sorry her partner is was like look if uh, if you don't get somebody to do it with you this year you know you're getting solo. Yeah. 
Mm. She's like, yeah, I'm yeah. going solo. So I mean, she, oh my God. she she's fails. mentally ready for this, you know. <laughs> oh my God. She's, uh, she's a strong character. What That's about awesome. work? Is work just going to, what do you do for work now? Yeah, I'm working in the city, um, in, in London. And, um, yeah. Are they going to just give you a couple of months off? <laughs> a bit, be of, to a leave? bit of time. Well, probably, yeah. yeah. It's a bit, uh, up in the air at the moment what, what the situation is there. But I'm hoping that I'm, <clears throat> you know, going to be able to come back and, um, just use it as a bit of a, a motivational aid as well within the working environment because of, um, well, you, you know, that type of things, resilience building, um, etc. And it's quite transferable into different environments and aiding other people to, you know, find themselves, develop, mm. uh, some, you know, good working, I guess, ethics and values, really. So that's what I'm so trying to He's planned to that to speak telly boss, isn't he? There's a good blag that is, yeah. It's good, I like it. I might try and use that. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll benefit the company. That's I'm it. I'm going to disappear for two months on a jolly. Well, not a jolly, it'll benefit the company. I hope I fail to see you. No, no, absolutely, mate. Plus... Well, I don't, know, well, I don't know what kind of company it is, but if it gets down the point, and it could could be good for their own publicity. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Could be good for publicity, publicity. Yeah. so let me know. That's right. Especially That's if right. you get a big sponsor, when you get a big sponsor on board, yeah, which I have no doubt you will. Hopefully um, so. Yeah, it's good. I'm, uh, I'm just thinking, I think I was struggling with 60 days like that, with one other person. Well, I mean, picture the worst stag of your life. Two hours on, two hours off for 60 days. Is that what yeah. you're doing? Is that what you're doing? Two hours? Yeah. Two on, two off for yeah. 60 days? Yeah. I, I mean, if that's not worth a sponsor, come on, people. Two is hours it? on, two hours off. That's a stag <laughs> rotation, in it? How can we not do it longer? There's no saying I don't want that stag. <laughs> is there, what about, do you, do you, uh, you obviously you roll, roll through the night. Yeah. So you're going to do two on, two off for 24-7 for 60 days? Yeah. We'll, is that kind of the standard that other people have done or do? Well, I mean, that that's kind of like the basic way, framework to, you know, run run it at. Um, we're probably going to change it slightly to, to aid getting a bit more rowing time together. Yeah. Obviously, to build the And speed. the rest time. Well, rest time. But m- mainly to, so we can row together to get, you know, the speed to get to this Hopeful, hopeful world record. When you um, when you're rowing, right? So I know like the when you watch Oxbridge and that and they're racing and you on the rowing machine. And my old man used to row for England. Funny enough, I know yeah. like, full motion. I know. Are you when you're rowing for that sixty days? Are you changing the that that motion to make it more sort of efficient or less uh, less um, not harmful? Less impactful on the body over the course of six days, like an, an easier motion or less of a less. Yeah. Or are you changing anything, or is it exactly as you would in the gym, just in a steadier state? It's pretty pretty much the same, just steady yeah. steadier state. And that's the thing people got to remember: like you're not going out to do a two k, like you know where you probably throw up at the end of it. You, you know you're out there for hopefully fifty nine days, so it is steady state. It's a resilience. Mm builder mm. um no strokes going to be the same because you know you're you're going to hit waves etc um some sometimes you'll you'll miss a stroke because you know the yeah. dip of the wave or whatever so it's a complete resilience builder and you just got to plow for it mm. um emotional yeah it's the word that springs to mind Definitely. <laughs> are they are the oars are they, are they wider and what do you call the end of an oar the wide bit the spoon bit yeah, I'd go with that. Spoon the spoon bit. Good. Is the spoon bit wider than a normal oar? No, no, same, no. Just the same kind of thing, nice and light. Exactly the same, yeah. Well, do you know what the boat's made from? Carbon fibre? Carbon fibre, yeah. Carbon fibre. So, 
I wouldn't do it, mate. No, yeah, in fact, it's gone off. My joints would give out. My back would go out. My back would, would it, go out. Yeah. My joints would give out. I'd feel the back was sick. <laughs> I went to back. I, when, I, when I was... Um, what year is it? Years ago, I was only serving. It wasn't even. It wasn't really adventure training. We sailed from. We sailed in the fifty-five footer from whatever kind of boat it was yeah. from um, from Brest in France to the Bay of Biscay, and that we went. Yeah, uh, not to the Bay of Biscay, across the Bay of Biscay to um, Santander maybe or s- somewhere. I don't. Know. We sailed somewhere from Spain. Nice. That Bay of Biscay was hideous, but that was just two days of bombing. That we had, we had three watches. They call them watches, don't they? Yeah. It was yeah. it was tri services. We had uh, Navy, RAF, and obviously us on there, like eight eight power edge lads. We were just useless, mate. Useless. It was hideous. Everyone was getting sick of it. Loaded fists. Oh, it was hideous, on. mate. There's a couple of submariners on there. It was good fun, but it was yeah. hardcore. But then, yeah, Costa Bay Biscay, which was just giving. And then we got, as we neared the coast of Spain, I think we were handling the coast of Spain for a while, actually, uh, before we, before we, um, docked. What do you yeah. call it? Docked? Moored. Like moored. Moored. Docked. We moored up. But we, there was dolphins alongside us. Oh my oh, god, it was just amazing. Yeah, you might see some whales. Yeah. <clears throat> the wildlife hopefully is going to be epic. Fine fish. Looking fish. forward to that. Yeah, probably. Uh, but really. Touching on last, last week's episode there. What's that? Flying fish. We brought it up last you week. You referencing things he hasn't. You obviously haven't listened to the other shows. I li- I it's disappointing. To, no, I've don't try and dig yourself the, out of it. I've listened to the first one. <laughs> Guy, uh, going out to do um, yeah run, wasn't he? How did the it go out and it was He got Bremont sponsoring him. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Got himself a nice watch. You was dead get on the watch companies. Omega maybe. I was the seafaring watch. Yeah, Omega. Oh oh oh. Oh he's a watch man. I just Jared's a watch man. There we go. James Bond, 55 Bond, anniversary Bond, 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 it's Omega, the seafaring one today. Have you approached them yet? No, not, not thought about Have you that. ever approached any sponsor, like, properly for me? Yeah, I've, yes, well, I mean, emails and calls, but. You had any, have you had any personal contacts with any? N- not really, not right, yet. Well, after this, right, we'll sort it out. I'm telling you now. Awesome. I know a bunch of people can help. Thanks very much. Not saying you're a sponsor, but put you to the right people. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Appreciate that. Do you know any watch companies? No. You just buy them. You're spunky money. Jesus. Expensive watches as well, but yeah, it sounds yeah. things, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, cool. So what's your training regime at the minute? Yeah, so obviously fitting it around work, so um just every morning is weight, so I probably don't look like it. Um, just building the frame, really. Obviously, from a triathlon background where his frame's pretty slight. Um, just trying to build that strength in the frame. Uh, with Olympic what do you mean, like um, core strength? Core strength, yeah. And with the Olympic lifting, obviously, because basically a row is uh, the motion's basically a, a clean, isn't it? Um which is, oh, yeah. yeah. So just all that type of Olympic lifting type. Um, so the Olympic lifting, you focus on like uh, high reps, low, low. So it, it, at the moment, I'm just doing like a, a lower rep range, but higher weight. And then build a strength, then you build the strength, yeah, to get that base. Yeah. And I've been doing that since Christmas time anyway. And then um, in about a month, month and a half time, I'm going to then start decreasing the weight 
increasing the rep range. So how many reps are you doing at the minute then? So I've been following a training program of, I did, uh, five sets of five reps on each exercise. What's, what weight you got? Um, well, a mixture, depending on what exercise it is. Um, and then at the moment I'm doing, um, six sets of four reps. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I'll go into a, uh, free rep range and then I'm going to probably drop it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to just try and get that strength right up before decreasing it right off and increasing the rep range right mm-hmm. up to probably around 10 to 15 reps initially. And then I want to increase it, uh, like lower sets to 15 to 20, 30 reps. Um, have you got like a personal trainer or a coach? Just doing it myself, really. Um, How far does Lizzie live from you? Is she miles away from you? No. Can you no. train together or not? Yeah, about 20 miles she lives. Yeah, so in the evenings then we row. Um, so I'm rowing probably three times a week on an uh, like indoor ergo. And then. Ergo? Yeah, the indoor rowing machine. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like a gym one, is it? It's just, it's yeah, just... it's a normal gym. Oh, is it? Because yeah. I've seen the ones you can get the, the, the old the, the all things on them. Oh, yeah, no. Well, I haven't got one of them. They're quite fancy, aren't they? Yeah, I remember, uh, Matthew Pinson and, um, Steve Redgrave using them. When, That's right. What was yeah. that one? When did they win those gold medals? Those gold medals? 2004? Olympics? I'm not too sure. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, and then, um, so on the ergo, yeah, maybe three nights, and then, um, we get out on the water at least once a week, twice a week if we can, and then. And that's between Southampton and, um, Walton. So that's it, Walton on Thames. Yeah. And then, yeah, down at Southampton at the weekends, just get out on the, on the beach. You go against the current for extra training? Just practice everything, yeah, yeah, through the night, you know, uh, against the current, with the wind against the you've, wind. You've rode through the night already? Um, yeah, yeah, well, not obviously the whole way around, uh, through myself, but taking it in turns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, How was that? How did you find it going at night? Well, it's just like saw, So you're it, rowing. Your you, eyes open. <laughs> but where's the compass in front of you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Big so, massive thing. Yeah, and you've got, um, you set, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but you set this thing up, which basically you just got to keep the boat between these two lines to yeah. stay on bearing. Yeah. So then obviously you know how hard to pull on each, um, each side. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, tra- training is really ramped up, uh, just building that endurance, building that, uh, but just building the body to get used to, um, the motion really just repetitively. Um, and then just trying to eat as much as possible because obviously that's going to aid mm. in development of the body, muscle, and then the cardio is obviously sorting itself out with the physical stuff. So you got your, you're saying you're about your wet and dry rations, the wet, the wet rations be the military yeah. stuff. Is it the proper like 24 hour ration packs? Well, yeah, hoping so. I've read. With I've, those supplement bags you get now. Oh, you, they, they came in about 2008, didn't they? You get like a plastic polythene supplement bag with them? Uh, what, to be able to heat up? No, no, no. So you get, well, when, uh, I think it's 2008-ish, so that's when we, I experienced them on tours. You get the box of 24-hour rations. Yeah. And then a, you get a plastic bag with it. Yeah. And then a, a polythene bag. And in there was like, uh, you had um, Pasta in a cup kind of stuff, wasn't it? Pasta in a cup. Yeah, you had like a, um, an energy bar in there. Oh, and you had sachets. Like, it was a supplement, just supplement. Yeah, color. yeah. Like sugar and coffee and yeah. stuff like that in. No, 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 that's inside the 24 hour Yeah, oh, just like an additional Oh, I'll tell you right? what, you only got it in, in overseas, in Afghan and Iraq. Why? Well, hot weather climates. Well. You only got it there, yeah, yeah. So you got yeah. that, and what's your dry rations then? Dry rations are ones you add, add water to, um, so 
just because they're... Where are we getting them from? Uh, So, luckily, Lizzie's got all that already. So, um, with her old partner that she was going to be rowing with, they'd sorted all that stuff out. So, all that's sorted. It's just the wet rations we need to get, which I've written to um, a couple of people from Powerage and hoping to... Get them sponsored. Is there a little stove on the boat? That would not be a drama. Are you going to heat up the uh, water and stuff? Yeah, jet boil. Oh, just a jet boil. Yeah, Yeah. standard jet boil. We've got a little um, attachment on the boat that the jet boil sits in. Yeah. Yeah. To keep it still. That's it, keep it still. And then. um, Just load the gas canisters. That's right, just gas canisters. Um, Then, also, if Jaws. It's going to be like on exercise, yeah. Yeah. Jaws attacks, you've got the gas canisters. You could ch- have you got a have you got a uh, harpoon? I will do now. You never know, mate. You never. <laughs> you never. You got to protect yourself. I will do now. Yeah, flipping heck. See, wet, the wet rush would be right. I hope so. Yeah, yeah you get them squared away. Yeah, then you know the white CQMS. You'd be right. That's right. Exactly. Gives <laughs> <laughs> it on the case. Yeah. Uh, um. What what should I like that diet like now for training then? If that's what you're having the boat, what what how are you, are you like watching stuff now? Or are you, I will do it closer to the time, it? but yeah, at the moment it's just as much as possible. So, um, again, it's fitting it around work. You know, it's not. Like, what's your what's your work hours? Well, yeah, about half eight till half five. What was your commute like? At the moment, a nightmare. It's about an hour each way. Is it? Yeah. So you got to fit. You train every day. I'm doing early, early starts. Alarms off. Goes off at twenty past five. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not in through the door till what half nine. So half nine, yeah. Got to do it though. Exactly. Just just to get training, and you got exactly work around work, haven't you? I suppose you used that kind of uh, intense training anyway from from all the triathlons and marathons. Yeah. The only difference is um, when I was doing my triathlon stuff, uh, I was supported so much, so well through work that the training wasn't really an issue because, you know, you can train during, I could train during the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas now fitting it around, um, a, a more structured work pattern, it's, yeah, it's a lot, lot more difficult, but anyway, it's got to be done, hasn't mm. it? So yeah, food wise, I'm just, um, just getting obviously your normal porridging before, before I leave the house after, uh, after work, a big like smoothie protein type, you know, big intake, and then a huge pasta meal, um, which, you know, it's, it's massive, and I just graze it <laughs> for about five hours throughout mm. the day, you know, which um, tides me over. And then again, a big meal post-training mm. uh, in the evening, and then another meal before bed. So just really cracking okay. them calories in, uh, mm. protein, carbs, veg, you know, fruit, uh, just to get it all, all mm. on board properly. So, we haven't, like, you obviously know, ex-military, we haven't touched anything. Normally we spend a half hour on that talking, but Speaking this has been too, too, fascinating what we're talking about. I don't know anything about the, the ocean. He knows loads about the ocean because of his, his boat and the canal, yeah, it, obviously. Yeah. But, <laughs> am I right in saying you, you, you got in then and when you were 22? Got in when I was 22, yeah. What did you do beforehand? I was working as an engineer in a company um, down in the southwest in Yeovil. It was called... It's now called Leonardo. It was called Weston's Helicopter Manufacturer. That's why I thought RAF. I saw aircraft engineer on your thing. I yeah, thought, oh, yeah. RAF. That's it. Sorry, so, <laughs> Yeah, no worries at all. Um, basically, I was there and it, awesome, awesome job. Loved, loved it. Obviously not enough. What, what, what exactly were you doing? <laughs> Obviously, what, uh, electrical engineering. 
And um On the on the on the choppers, yeah. So what I was working on Chinooks, Lynx, Apaches. That's some military stuff. All, all military aircraft but a civvy company. Um so basically the there was a new build and then a repair and overhaul. And I was on the repair and overhaul, uh which to be honest I prefer it was a bit dirtier. Basically contract was that you know, the aircraft would come back from uh, Afghanistan or wherever operationally. We uh, any that were uh, damaged or whatever, we'd strip them out, make them uh, reserviceable, and send them back out the door. Or um, like updates. Yeah. So like a comms update or an engine update. So on the links, for example, when they're out in Afghan initially, uh, the engines would get clogged up with sand. So they redesigned it to put a different engine system on which would filter the sand through uh, better which obviously meant more flying mm. hours before it being serv- serviced so we put that in and a, uh, a secure comm system so mm. obviously that it couldn't be tapped into um, so like I say I was on the repair and overhaul side which I found a bit more exciting spent most of my time with Chinooks which yeah. was um, which was really cool yeah really enjoyed that I had a mate doing it. I, I know a guy doing that. I, I did my health and safety courses years ago. Um, he was he was a, he was a civvy. Yeah. His name was Chris, but he was doing the same. He was working in the Apaches, but it was up in um, up in Essex. Whereabouts was he? He did it. Basically, simply jaw talk. I didn't know that all was all. You just assume it's not you. You just assume everything's done by military. Done by it? military. Everything's yeah. done by military. What do you mean the, the chinooks get fixed by civvies? Civvies, Ridic- yeah, ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do they know? Yeah, yeah that's it. That's so. But no, when I joined up, I was just like, right, well, I'd always wanted to. Did you um, join, did part of your inspiration be joining up? From seeing the helicopters. From seeing the helicopters. Was that what you were going to ask? Yeah. Yeah, yeah part of it was seeing the helicopters. The other was, Afghan was plastered all over the news. Yeah. And it was like, you know. Is that why you went for the parachute? Yeah, yeah. And when I was working as an engineer, day in, day out, 95%, probably not as many as that, maybe 80% of the people I worked with were ex-military. Oh. And they all had these cracking stories <laughs> about, you know, the good old days. I must admit, none were power edge, because um, most of them were obviously engineers in the military. Doesn't make a difference, mate. Everyone, yeah. has, everyone has amazing stories. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I was just like, you know what, I've, I've got to do this while I'm young. And... Um, yeah, when I was 22, I was just at that time in my life where it was like, right, it's, it's now or never. And um, for me, it was always going to be Powerhead or, or Marines. I had a, a few mates in the Marines. I had one mate at the time in Paris. Yeah. Um, uh, he was power actually. Who was that? Uh, Hang on. Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah. Um, it, 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 I, I was chatting to him and it, it was like, right, well, <laughs> do you want to jump out of a plane or do you want to jump, um, onto land or do you want to jump out of a boat into water? And I was like, yeah, decision made. So, decision um, made, now you're on the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Power Edge it was. So, yeah, 22 went, went, went to depot. Yeah, it was a good, good time, decision, yeah. good time. What were you doing before you were the aircraft engineer? Yeah, just uh, education. Did you school, need like school. decent, like proper qualifications? Well, I went to school, then college, and then got onto what's classed as an advanced, I guess, apprenticeship. It was that's what it was called. Yeah. Um, where was that? Where did you do that? 
down, down at Western uh, company yeah. I was working yeah. for, yeah. yeah. Um, and then just went through my training there on well, the job. West, Westerns are quite a super famous old school company, aren't they? Am yeah, I, they've been around or? quite a long time. Yeah. It was Westlands and then Augusta Westlands, and now it's called Leonardo. It's bought out by a, a uh, Italian company. Yeah. So, so you went straight from you went straight from basic college, apprenticeship straight into there. it. When did you when did you start there? Um, two thousand and. I want to say 2008. Are you from down that way then? Yeah, yeah. So that's like the local big company in my area. Yeah, Bristol, isn't it? That's it, just south of Bristol. Yeah. Yeah, between uh, like Bristol and the coast. Your accent's not that strong. Is it not? That's a shame. I like the accent. (laughs) You reckon it, is it? It's not that strong, is it? It's nice to keep away from the accent. You might end up going Cockney. (laughs) <laughs> being, being North London yeah. now be, getting into be, London I know yeah what's it like I, I got mates down in um, we got mates down in uh, Holloway Road to, to talk to you before the yeah. show um, what I never realised down there I mean they, they live right next to Arsenal Stadium like, right. I mean right next to it on the street where the players entrance is oh, nice. and within something like two or four miles on match day you can't buy a pint you can't oh, no you, obviously you can't buy a pint you can't you can't buy alcohol for an off license. Right. So if you like, oh, I fancy I fancy an afternoon beer. Not you like a you're a rugby supporter or Arsenal are playing, but you can't get anything. Can't get anything. Shut it all down because of all the like people drinking and hooliganism and all that. Like, can't get anything. All just closed down. Yeah. yeah. And it's for something like an hour or so after. I think something like that. Really? So, yeah. So, have you not it's experienced that yet? Oh, you might not no, be near it. Well, I'm yeah, fresh, yeah. fresh into the area. When did you so, move down there? Um, yeah, as soon as I moved out, got got out of the Paris, so a couple of months ago. That's it. You landed a job pretty quick. Well, I mean, it's all part of the transition process, isn't it? What? How did you? How did you find that? What did you do for your your um, L class? Yeah, your L class. Well, yeah. Uh, what did I do? Well, did you have a resettlement course? Yeah, and I did a four week internship basically. Okay. And at the back of the internship was where I got the um, offered a job. That's good. And then I had to do a few more months with the Paris, and then when I was re- uh, obviously released, went straight into the job. Um, but I went through a website called uh, the Vets Programme, Veterans Programme. So Barclays? Um, well, it's not that. That's called the After Programme. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure the same guy set set up this Veterans Programme. you got Stu Tootle. Stu Tootle. It was Tootle, him, was it? Yeah. And um, the website's designed, you basically put like a profile up and... Then you can talk to people in the different areas of like what you want to work in, and I got chatting to a couple of people, and then invited me in, you know, to meet them, and then off that invited me to an interview, and then I got this internship, and then from the internship um, applied for this this job and got the job. So to be honest with you, it's all down to that website that I got this job. Amazing, hey, so has he got no affiliation with Barclays, this programme you're on about? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they like are, are pretty well aligned. So, um, for people, so people who don't know what we're on about, Barclays, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of ex-military who are quite high, high up, in, high, uh, yeah, high up in, in certain parts of Barclays in the UK, and one of them is an XCO3 partner called Stu Tootle, yeah. and he set up, with the help of other, other veterans... Who we who we got into the company? It's one of the programs that you're saying. It's yeah. called the After Program, and as I understand that, I wish I knew. I, I want to get them on specifically for that tour. Yeah. Um, as I understand it, it's a it's a mentoring program where you go to them, you sign up with them, and it doesn't cost anything. Do you know about this? Do you no. Know it? no. No. It doesn't cost anything. You go sign up with them, and they mentor you 
in terms of sort of your business knowledge and you know and the different things that you could end up doing even though you because you don't have a clue what you're doing to get out and they say look all these options are open to you yeah you as a, and they assign a mentor to you don't they yeah they assign a mentor some a civvy to you who could be ex-military could be not be but they help you and they go oh, give you the knowledge and look go here go here um, meet these people meet these people yada 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 basically facilitate you get the knowledge and get the job and so there's another one called the vets program you're on about yeah that's it Veterans. and that's total as well um, I'm pretty sure they're aligned. Uh, don't quote me on it, yeah, but the Veterans Programme website, if you go on it, um, it's a similar process. Um, however, you kind of assign your own mentor mm. in that, say, for example, you want to get into engineering. Mm-hmm. There'd be like an engineering section and then a list of people that work in engineering at different mm-hmm. companies. And then you pick, obviously, a couple of companies that you're interested in and then just start talking to them. And then, you know, they might ask to meet up or look, see a CV or whatever. And um, and then from there, obviously, just establish a, and form a bit of a relationship. Mm. And, um, and and it just m- moves forward from that, really. So I was, I was pretty fortunate. I mean, the guy that mentored me um, was a reservist. And, um, and, yeah, I mean, I still talk to him now. You know, he, he was great. Literally saw me right through, um, and has been great since I've been in the job as well. Because I must admit, the transition itself—I don't know about you guys when you left—but I found it a lot more difficult than I anticipated in the respect of the civilian working environment and what it entails, and the fact that in the paras you're where well, you're, you're around blokes the whole time that. Have got a pretty testosterone, uh, testosterone like field mentality. They just want to get the job done. You know, it's pretty physical. You know, and 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 then you sit yourself into a, a, a civilian role, which is um, less so to what I'm used to, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, and just I guess. Even just down to... You've got to take a chill pill, haven't you? Yeah. With a lot of it, he's got to go chill. Chill. Um, and even down to, like, having structured working hours and yeah, and things yeah, like that. You know, yeah. like, cause in, in, in the military, no days the same working hours. Like, you look at DL one day and it says 10 o'clock start the next day it says like 7.30. Next day you're working through the night. I, t- I tell you what I found, um, I just sort of recently I've discovered this, is that a... I, I like that route. I like that, you know, nine, not nine to five, but I like that knowing when you're starting, knowing you're finishing, sort of every day. Yeah. And I, I have, I've rarely had that since I go out, rarely. Okay, I have it sort of, no. Yeah. But then what I've, and it took me a while to identify it. What I've struggled with is, is, um, in, in a little way is not having a plan for the next day. As silly as that sounds, right? Yeah. Like, so, okay, I'm going to work at, for example, eight o'clock. Yeah. Between eight and five, I've not, you know, I don't, I don't know that at nine o'clock, we're gonna, you know, you're gonna, I'm gonna get pack my kit. And then at half nine, we're gonna work, we're gonna get yeah. tabbing. And then at, at ten o'clock, we're in RV with B company. And then, uh, you know, like, and then, and then we're gonna crack on into the Ulu and then uh, flipping, uh, at 11.30 is H hour. Yeah. There we go, there we go. 11.30 is H hour, you know what I mean? And then yeah. we got, and then, and then we'd be done with the attack because at 1400, the chimps are going, coming. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that, um, Chris used to fix. <laughs> but that, right? And yeah. honestly, I, I couldn't. I would get um, there was something just bothering me in the back of my mind, and um, 
I had a lot of stress going at the time as well. I was just trying to, I, I sort of identify what, how, what, what's, what is wrong? You know, what, what, how can I improve it? Yeah. And I, I was there, I was talking to Jim Brawl about this, right? Um, again, Jim McKinney on the show. Yeah. I met, the week before that show, I met him the week, I met him the week before. I hadn't seen him for years. And we were just chatting and we ended up shooting the shit and we talked about all sorts. And then we kept, it came out then and I, I thought, it was then I realised, and the conversation was, mate, you know, that routine, blah, blah, blah. And I left him that, went back home that night, and I laid in bed, and I got my phone out. I went, right, let's, let's try, let's try, you make him a plan tomorrow. And it started, right, I want to be at the, I want to be at the gym at 6pm, 1800. Okay, if I want to be at the gym at 1800, and I was writing it down, 1800 gym, and you, cause you work backwards, yeah? yeah? 1800 gym. That means I need to leave the house at 1730 to get there with 10 minutes in time, chill out, put my kit on again 17.30 okay so if I need the house at 17.30 I need to be um, I need to have my, my kit packed for 17.15 I need to arrive home by 17.00 and then I need to be leaving work if I need to get home for 17.00 I need to leave work at 16.45 at the latest no yeah. later because it's a 10 minute journey but there might be traffic allowed to 5 minutes in work plan to cut the things at work like all the way back yeah, to... all the way back to getting up yeah. waking up I need to have breakfast by this point, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. I mean, I sleep like a baby anyway. But when I woke up in the morning... Just felt good. It was good. just like... Because that list, you know, it was in my head. Yeah. I knew, bang, 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 bang. Everything was just that all planned out. I know there was, you know... It's weird. Yeah. Weird. What does it matter from five minutes late to the gym? But just I was stipulating myself those timings. And that is a few weeks ago I realised. I, I did that and I realised that. I've been out for six years. Really? Seven yeah. years I've been out for. You know what I mean? And in, in Iraq, when we were working on the circuit, Jared, you have that re- that routine, bang, 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 bang. And I've only been working back in the UK for a few years. Right. Uh, what, are we, what are we on now? Three or four years. Right. And by doing that... That sorted you out. Oh, my, the difference. Yeah. I did nothing different my day. I just, the night before, I was like, bang, bang, work back, plan, 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 plan. Got it. Happy days. It's funny you say it. Cause, Odd. I Odd. mean, I don't, I don't, I guess, do it quite as structured as you, but I find myself like... Planning in my diary, yeah, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z at that block, that mm. block, that block. You know, people are like wanting a meeting or whatever at work, and they're like, you're, blo- you're booked out. And I'm like, well, it's just because I know I need to do X, Y, and Z work, yeah. and that's just how yeah. I plan my day out. Don't worry, you can book a meeting and still whatever. I, I don't so, do it every day, and yeah. I wish I, I've done it a couple of times since, but, but because I just find things so difficult to organise outside of work, yeah. I do. Juggling so many balls, yeah, you know what I mean? Just yeah. so many things going on. But I, I, I need, I've got to get in the habit of doing it just because of the difference it makes. And it makes me wonder, well, it's that little thing. I'm not changing anything apart from writing a flipping plan down because for 12 years, that's what I had. That's what you had, yeah. Your screen's gone off first. That's all. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because 12 years, that's what I had. And it's yeah. that institutionalization, even makes you think. I only did 12 years. Imagine guys getting out 23, 24 oh, years. Exactly. And having that, and having that sort of anxiety, and maybe little things just not being comfortable ever. And then going back, reverting to little things that you used to do when you're in, mm. like that, may help. You just don't realize. I like that was by chance I did that after a conversation, so I popped the membership. You know, so, um, no, I understand what it means. Yeah. It's that, it's that, um, routine. That routine. I get used to the regular hours. But that's good if you've got all the training to do for, for That's exactly yeah. it. That's keeping the focus as well. Yeah. Um, but no I'll get used to it I mean I think slowly I'll just get used to the new environment the new plan mm. you know the headspace just got to just get plough through it headspace do you, uh, to, eh? do you do any um, mental training not really no you ever tried any meditation but my, 
funny enough, my si- my girlfriend's a psychologist, right? So maybe she does it for me. Uh, without, without, <laughs> yeah. without me knowing, right? Yeah. <laughs> she really asked good. Right? Yeah, good, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but no, I, I don't really do any anything like that. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Do you? I have. I again. Yeah. I was. I go through. I last year. No, year before last. Going through a lot of crap and um, hugely, hugely stressed. Loads of crap going on. And um, there was a a woman, a friend of Luke and Lucy's who I met down in London yeah. and she was into um she's at the time she's proper spiritual and crystals and healing the healing crystals and all that crap, right? Yeah. But she was a yoga instructor and she did meditation and um we had a we had a couple of conversations and she's like, I just try meditation. So my anxiety levels were through the roof because I, I couldn't I can't explain how high they were. It was just for no reason it was a hideous, hideous time to be honest. And um so I said, right, come on I'll do it. Let's do something. Yes. Like, you're like, meditation? Fuck off. Aren't you? I'm a paratrooper. I did it um, for 20 minutes. It's a guided. So she was there. We both did it. She she basically was talking, talking it next to me. And yeah. then I just laid there listening. I nearly fell asleep at one point, right? And I um, slid on the floor. I felt awesome after. Immediately. Nice. Immediately, and all and it was twenty. It wasn't even twenty minutes. It might have been ten. I felt awesome after, and um, I just listened to her like talking, and then um, I thought hey, it was good. I hate to admit it, but you can stick your crystals up your ass, right? Well, take the meditation. Honestly, it was it was really good. Um, and then when the reason I've come on this, you said Headspace. Have you yeah. heard of the Headspace app? No. This is no. A, this is a meditation app, right? And it's, it's the, probably the most popular in the world. It's called Headspace. You get on, on the App Store. They don't sponsor us, anything. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. This isn't like a plug. You get on the App Store. You get on like Google Play and all that. It's free to download. They got a bunch of packages which are free, and then you, you pay for this, um, like eighty nine p whatever you get the package. But they they build you into it. So like your first session, you can choose like three, five, or eight minutes, three, five, or ten minutes, and you you stick it on. And all it is, if you ever you've never done any meditation whatsoever, no. With Headspace, it'll say like. Uh, you say, like, keep your eyes open, and, and it's in that one of those voices. You keep, uh, keep your eyes open and make sure you're comfortable. And obviously, I'm talking fast here. Make sure you're comfortable. Blah, 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 blah. It starts talking about you, and you, it gets you to focus on things, just general things, right? Then you end up closing your eyes, and you just listen to it. And then it, at the end of it, you go, okay, now open your eyes, and, you, and you've just done what they're saying, right? Yeah. You are a million, million bucks. Really? Yes, man. Because what it I'm does gonna is... I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Listen, do a show with it. Next, <laughs> next Thursday, I'm going to tell you how because, we get on. Do you know what we don't do these days, what people can't do these days? Switch off. Yeah. Switch off. Remember the good old days before um, smartphones? We used to sit there, like, the TV be off. Yeah. Or you'd, or you'd be sitting waiting for a bus. Or your tube. Your tube flipping train. Your tube, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tube train. The tube train? The tube. The tube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? That's it. What you're doing then, you are sitting there just thinking. You're just thinking. Now everyone's on the phone, right? Or they're now, everyone's always doing something. You never switch off. Never switch off. Sleeping you do, but you're sleeping. Different kettle of fish. You never switch off. So as soon as you go, phone off and you listen to it, all it does is draws your mind away from everything and you're focusing on yourself. And it is that simple. It sounds really crap. Yeah. It is not. Get the headspace off, right? Nice. Try it. I, the longest I've done it for in a row is 14 days. Really? So, yeah, I was going to work. I was deliberately leaving earlier. I was parking up outside work. Not right outside it, because they go, what the flip the next thing? <laughs> yeah. I was sitting in the car. You don't have to be lying down. Just get comfortable. So I sit in the car, and I, my phone's connected to the radio, and I, and I engine off, flick it on. I'm being quiet as fuck. Flick it on. I like that. Do it. 
and then finish, switch it off, walk into work. 100%. Good to get. It's just, you're fresh, mate. It's brilliant, nice. brilliant focusing. you got to try it. Oh, yeah, I will. I swear, I'm not, no, I'm not joking. Yeah, no, fair enough. He's, this, this microphone's going to get turned off. He's going to slag me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. You're Atlantic Row. How can people follow what you and Lizzie are doing? Yeah, so we got the team names, the Atlantic Albatross. Your team names, the Atlantic Albatross, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we got Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. And um, it, so if we just search for Atlantic Al- Albatross on this? Albatross, yeah. At Atlantic Albatross? Um, yeah, at Atlantic Albatross or Atlantic yep. Albatross. Type it in and it will come up. So you got okay. a Facebook page? Facebook page yeah. as well. Um, so, and if you're struggling to find it, you can find it through uh, mine, which is Chris Ashford. Um, you got a GoFundMe page as well, haven't you? Yeah, we got a crowdfunder page, Crowd, yeah. um, which again, the link is the links on those uh, on those social media, media yeah. sites. Um, and effectively, what we're trying to do is um, raise money along the way for charity. So the four charities, Parachute uh, uh, Regiment Charity, so through support our paras, yeah. um, obviously because of my background, and just to help those guys that are serving still, those ex-service guys that are struggling either physically or mentally. Um, so to raise money for those guys, um, the RF Benevolent Fund, because mm-hmm. uh, Lizzie's father served with them, uh, the RAF. Oh. Um, so similar reasons for her, yep. really. Um, Icon, which is a children's charity. Um, and uh, the charity uh, kind of works through um, Lizzie's school. She's a teacher. But uh, effectively, it's designed to give children uh, the, a good start in life. Yeah. Unfortunately, for no fault of their own, some children are brought onto this planet and, you know, they have a you know, hard mm-hmm. upbringing. Mm-hmm. And this is to obviously try and help them out. Mm-hmm. And then OCD UK. The reason we chose that one is um, basically there's a lot of, like, mental health and... Um, you know, stress in the world at the moment, isn't there? And we probably all know somebody that's um, struggling in one form or another of, you know, mental health or mental stress. Um, and there's a lot of those charities out there as well. You know, we, we had to choose one. And I've actually a friend that's suffering from OCD at the moment. And um, just seeing him, um, it's, it, it's just um, really hard to understand I guess unless you see somebody or you know somebody suffering Nath's son yeah Nath's son was uh, I won't say the surname obviously Nath's son had had severe OCD and he's he's horrendous yeah that's it so I've only ever seen it like blokes in the powers or whatever who's got a bit of OCD oh that but I've never seen it severe where it causes people problems like you know can't leave the house Yeah. Well, that's it. And there's different, different forms of it, you know, um, completely different forms of it, which since obviously knowing that this, this person I've like researched and also through wanting to raise money for the charity, obviously I've researched and these, you know, there's people out there that, um, their, their days and their life, uh, are massively changed and not necessarily because they want them changed, but because their, their head's telling them to do something, you Mm. know, um, and just to be able to raise some money for, for these people suffering, whether it's to help with research to overcome it or to make their lives a bit better. Um, so they're the four charities we're raising money for. Um, 
and then ultimately um obviously we're we're raising money through a sponsor to try and help us get to that start line as well i mean as i said earlier we've we've bought this boat at um 35 grand which is 17 half grand each um it's had you know a bit of work done to it which costs about 10 grand um and you know to to get us to the start line now we've probably got 20 to 30,000 pounds left to spend yeah. um and but I remember last year that that race gets huge media coverage. It's like, huge. Yeah. With sponsors, I'm sure we can help you put yeah, you point you in the right direction. Hopefully, with that. Thanks Definitely. Oh, well, I, I'll point you out to people yeah, who can do. Um, have you got a website? Yeah, we've got a website set up as well. Um, I've got a little video. Uh, we've put a little video on there. So again, AtlanticAlbatross.co.uk. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, put that into Google, and yeah. that'll um, that'll you know get get you to our page. Um, and you can't miss it because my, my ugly mug's on there. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the ugliest you've had in the show. No, it's good. I'm please, I'm only on six. Or you're only on six, <laughs> so that's a good thing. <laughs> well, hopefully as well, obviously off the back of these shows with these these guys sponsored, yeah. then and, you know, we'll be we'll definitely, definitely able to put some money towards those causes as well. Yeah, like. Amazing, thanks um, very much. And uh, anything else we can do, just get in touch. People follow them at Atlantic Albatross. Yeah online and uh, give it a like give it a share and um keep an eye on you are you putting your training regime on there yeah putting some training pictures up um, get you know, the, the pictures doing. of the boat on there yeah uh, i'll get some because we're going down this weekend we'll get, get some up there on. after this weekend go um, live do a bit of going live people love right. going live love are you going down the weekend going down the Saturday weekend morning, Sunday let's get morning, some live. live on there yeah. and um yeah just trying to get some regular training pictures on there obviously it's not been going a huge amount of time because i've set that side of things up and mm. only been on the team a few weeks um, you know, uh, it's pretty fresh if you know what I mean. But um, please do, yeah, follow us and uh, hope, hopefully get, you know, we'll get to that start line. Well, not hopefully, we'll get to that start line and hopefully get this world record and raise yeah. some money for charity yeah. along the way. Which Me and John will be in London soon. He doesn't know this yet. He doesn't know this yet. We'll be down there. Maybe great to catch up, meet you and Lizzie, and um, hopefully you'll have, uh, you'll have a sponsor on board. Good to go. And best That'd of luck be awesome. with the world record, buddy. Thanks yeah. very much. Fantastic. Cheers. Thank you. Let me get a quick photo live, uh, live uh, so that I can photo put it on our, yeah, if I take photo. one, yeah, and uh, I can put it on our website. How does that sound? Um, just to say yeah, that go I was up here with you Going live while we're recording? No, just a photo while we're on live. Ah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the door. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Thanks 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 and going to be smashing it properly in December. What a cracking, cracking lad. And um, hopefully we can catch up with him again soon. Um, just to mention, our sponsors today were Green Beret Coffee Company. Remember, owned and operated by a former Royal Marine Commando. Superb guy. Also an ex-close uh, protection operator, um, Russ McDonough. They've been going for a year, going from strength to strength. 
get online, have a look at them, just search a Green Beret coffee company. There's only one company called it, and you can't miss them. Their, uh, their logo is very much like the uh, old Royal Marines commando badge that they wear on their arms on their uniform. It's pretty cool. They've got some really, really cool, really, really tasty roasts. They sent Jared and I uh, very kindly. Russ sent us um, the sniper roast. Uh, yeah, the sniper roast, which is, I think is number two. Uh, he's got a whole, he's got a whole load of different roasts for, for different palettes, different tastes that you like, but also just different alleyness of bag. Even the bags are cool. I think I'm going to keep the, the sniper bag after and, uh, and, uh, and collect all of them, I think. I've got to, I'm going to grab myself a mug as well. I do merchandise as well. Take a look at it. Bags from 250 grams up to a kilo. Superb. You can have light, medium, and dark roast. And, uh, just get what you need. It's absolutely fantastic. Really good value for money. And the more you buy, the more free stuff you get. They have a loyalty program. Like you can get a free cup of coffee in Costa if you buy four or five coffees. They also have a loyalty program. Not quite like that because you're not getting cups. You're actually buying a bag of coffee. Greenberry Coffee Company, amazing. Don't forget as well, 429 Group, health and safety services, security services, medical, first aid. We actually use fully trained, uh, qualified paramedics with real experience in the ambulance services for the medical side of things, for the training, and also if you need medical cover, we can provide that too. So uh, you're not getting crazy people turning up. You're actually getting the real deal turning up to look after you. Same with the security guards. Same with anything to do with security, really. And in the consultancy side and health and safety. We only use professionals. Our reputation is what matters to us. It's what matters to 429 Group. It's what matters to everyone involved with us. So we do not put rubbish on task. Look them up, 429 Group. Until the next time next week, out. <laughs>